the Unvarnished Truth podcast is basically, it's a back to the Bible discussion, going back to what the Bible actually says, rather than trends or traditions or opinions. We need a view of scripture that is without personal prejudice. That's hard. All of us well, we all have personal it. prejudices. Sure. And we bring them to the scripture. They just threw the entire thing out. They run completely away from God. That's not the answer. Yes. No. The answer is not to run away from God. The answer is to say, what does the scripture actually say? The Unvarnished Truth Podcast. Removing human traditions that conceal God's word. You're very welcome to the first episode of the Unvarnished Truth Podcast. And uh, over the next six months, uh, myself and my two colleagues here um, are going to be doing one podcast a month in this series um, on the Unvarnished Truth podcast. And we are your hosts. This is David. Uh, this is Chris. And I am Oriel. Okay. And we're all Bible teachers by training and by calling and by vocation. And uh, David is the pa- he's also my dad, so it seems odd to call him <laughs> David. <laughs> But um, he is the pastor of the LifeGate Bible Baptist Church, uh, where this podcast is being recorded. And uh, he has been a pastor here at LifeGate for 30 years, and so has a a wealth of experience to bring. Chris is the pastor of the Tullamore Bible Church, and has been in ministry himself for more than a decade, uh, teaching the Word of God and helping people. And uh, I'm Ori Logorman. I'm the director of Faith on Fire Ireland, uh, which is... An evangelistic association we're reaching out with the gospel in various ways and uh, doing training in local churches and speaking and uh, i did pastor for more than 10 years in arklow um county wicklow as well now the pod the things that we're going to share with you over the next few months uh, really are the outgrowth of a conversation that i think we've been having uh, for maybe seven eight years Mm-hmm. And yeah. as we've all evaluated uh, things that we've been learning, and as well, you know, we come from an independent Baptist background, but we know that, yeah. you know, this applies to a lot of different uh, church movements um, as we talk about these things. But as we evaluated things and looked at the Bible and say, what does uh, the Bible say? It's been remarkable to me that we've kind of been on independent journeys, but we've come to a lot of similar conclusions. Um, about you know what the Bible says about some of the things maybe that we heard um, in the past that really are not biblical and trying to get back to the Bible and so that's what we're going to talk about um, over the next uh, few months. Uh, Jesus when he started his ministry um, on earth at 30 years of age um, it's interesting that he came to a Jewish faith uh, that was layered with all sorts of traditions and different opinions and viewpoints. And really, it strikes me that it was kind of like um, a piece of wood that had all these layers of wrecked old varnish on it, you know, um, obscuring like the wood uh, that was underneath. And uh, as Jesus came, he just simply taught the word of God and he said, this is what it means and this is what... Uh, we need to do and he he put that to people um and it was astonishing in his day yeah. they were so used to all these traditions and different things and in fact when he finished uh, teaching the sermon on the mount it says that when jesus ended these sayings the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes and i think that is it shows you that his teaching, it was simple, um, it was clear, and he was getting back to what the Bible says. And uh, really, it's almost like, you know, he took a, a heat gun <laughs> to that board and a scraper, and he scraped back all that varnish to expose the bare wood uh, beneath. And uh, really, that is the burden of this podcast, um, is that we, and that's why we've called it the unvarnished truth. Because the idea, and I love the tagline, uh, the, the tagline is removing traditions that conceal the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think um, if we can follow what Jesus did and get back to a simple understanding of scripture, we'll be healthier as believers, churches will be healthier. And really as you look through history, a lot of times a back to the Bible movement precedes a work of God 
in the world, in a, in a country, in a culture. And um, I think that we need to go back to the Bible. We need to say, what does God have to say about these things? And so uh, episode number one, our topic today is we want to answer the question, what is a literal, grammatical interpretation of the Word of God? What does it mean to read the Word of God uh, for what it says? And so I want to go to uh, you, Pastor O'Gorman. What is your burden for this uh, podcast? Okay, well, I've lived um, for 63 years now. And um, in my 63 years, I've never seen the world, the Western world at least, as divided as it is. Everybody's got real strong opinions about everything from uh, COVID and, uh, to vaccines to everything else. And, and I'm, I, I watch it and I'm, I, I look at the strong opinions and I, I, I'm concerned about it. Hmm. But, but I see those real strong opinions bleeding into Christianity. And I say, see Christianity dividing itself into ever smaller circles, into ever smaller groupings. And I'm really concerned about it. Christians have always differed. But until the middle of the last century, Christians could come together, fundamentalists could come together on the uh, gospel, and they could help each other. They could work together for those things. But now what I'm seeing is uh, we're following more the pattern of the world, and we're dividing into groups and basically it's coming to the place where uh, if you don't agree with me if you don't see it the way i do uh, then you're a heretic you're a compromiser mm. you're a liberal uh or on and on and on on non-fundamental issues <laughs> yeah, yeah on non-fundamental yeah. issues uh, and uh, if you don't see it if you you have to cross all your t's and dot all your i's exactly as i do uh for you to be right and that's neither biblical nor is it christian um, Christians are, means little Christ, are a follower of Christ. Mm. And the Lord Jesus Christ was not like that. Um, as, as we meet him in the scripture, uh, he, he constantly uh, takes my breath away by the way he handles situations and people and by the way he loves. He never backs down on truth. Yeah. If it's yeah. truth, he never backs down on it. That's the key. But yeah. his love, even for um, the um, Pharisees that were his enemies, they made themselves his enemies. Hmm. Uh, he went after them with truth uh, because he loved them, because he cared about them. Right? And I think what's happening in Christianity today is causing major confusion, particularly for young people. They're expected to take strong positions on truth, but when they examine the basis of these truths, they find no biblical basis for many of the positions. What happens then is uh, they, they begin to question all the teaching they have received and they jettison truth in favor of the relative thinking of our day. Mm. And I think that's an absolute catastrophe. And we have so many young people today who are walking away from their faith because for various reasons. And you know, there's n nobody can be blamed for somebody else's uh, choices, but it's heartbreaking mm. that the church and the divisions within the church should have an impact on young people mm -hmm. and cause them to walk away from their faith. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unhelpful to the church. It's unhelpful definitely to the uh, young people. And certainly it's not what the Lord wants. Now, as mm -hmm. believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a gold standard. We have a plumb line. Plumb line is a very interesting um, uh, tool. A plumb line is just a weight held on the end of a string. And it tells you exactly what is level and what is right. We have scripture. Scripture is that plumb line. Yeah. Yeah. It tells us exactly what is true uh, and what is right. And <clears throat> we need to measure our truth by the Bible. Hmm. And that's the heart uh, of this podcast. We need once again to go back to the standard uh, and stand upon that standard. I think in every age that needs to happen. I think we as human beings have that uh, incredible ability to confuse things and to, you know, to, to actually take things and move them off the gold standard, move them off the plumb line and just get our own uh, preferences and our own traditions. Even with good intentions. Even yeah. with good intentions. Often yeah. with good intentions. I actually. think yeah. very often with good yeah. intentions. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, so have I. It's, it's yeah. the reality. Yeah. I have <laughs> Me done too. it. Me too. 
Um, but I think studying through the book of Luke, I've been studying through the book of Luke for the last two years, and it has been so helpful to me. I only hope it's been half as helpful for my people as it has been. <laughs> That's the way it uh, is, isn't it? For me. <laughs> but <clears throat> Jesus fought that battle with the religious people of his day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he confronted them with the truth again and again and refused to accept traditions. They, they, they branded him as a radical, as a troublemaker. Um, he wasn't. What he was doing is he was just upsetting the apple cart of tradition and preference yeah. and bringing back, bringing the scripture, the, the, the plumb line, back into light again. I think yeah. we need to do that today. We need to distinguish between tradition and scripture, between preference and absolute truth. If we don't, we face the prospect of losing a generation of fact checkers. Yeah, which is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and we're hemorrhaging yeah. young people because they actually look into stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just because you scream it from the pulpit, they're not going to buy it necessarily. Yeah. They're going to check it out. They're mm-hmm. going to check it out. I mean, I have yeah. people come, come to me after the service now, and they have checked out what I was saying mm. while yeah. I was preaching. I, I think, too, there's such a thing as an earnest skeptic, somebody who genuinely has questions that's asking the questions, and they're not trying to pick apart the faith. They just... They want to know that it's true. Well, that it sounds kind of like the Bereans, actually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, and particularly young people, they are very well informed. Mm. They are much better informed than I was when I was a young person. And they have, they have all this information coming their way. I, um, they're, 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 they're too well informed uh, to swallow baseless standards that have no scripture to back them up. Mm. And I think we, as we look at this podcast, need to understand this. Truth has nothing to fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to be afraid uh, of truth. In fact, Spur- I, I love what Spurgeon said. Spurgeon said, "Don't defend the Scripture; just let it loose. It's a lion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll defend itself." Mm-hmm. And I think we don't have to, you know, you know, protect people uh, and and try and bring their thinking along a certain line. We need to let the Scripture loose in their lives mm-hmm. because the, the 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 Scripture will convince them. Um, and being reasonable in this day, day and age, is sometimes considered as a negative. It's sometimes considered as a, as a weakness. Yeah. But Christians are supposed to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the Lord Jesus Christ, the way he reasonably reasons uh, with the Pharisees. I mean, they yeah. make outlandish accusations against him. Yeah. They tell him that, um, you know, well, he, he, he's, he's healing people by the power of the devil. And he says, hmm, okay. Well, now... Uh, if, if, if I, by Beelzebub, uh, are doing these works, then um, how can Beelzebub's kingdom stand? Yeah. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But he reasons through it with them. He gives them every opportunity to believe. They don't. Mm-hmm. But he gives them every opportunity to believe. He doesn't just shut them down. He's trying to get them to think is what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying mm-hmm. to get them to think, and I think mm-hmm. we, need, we need to adopt that policy too. But that reasonable, uh, Philippians 4 verse 5 said, let's, says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. We can afford to be reasonable. We're dealing with scripture, the plumb line, and we're dealing with, <clears throat> we have the Lord at hand to actually help and strengthen us and work with us. We can afford to be reasonable and to just let the scripture speak for itself. It will do the convincing. Mm. It's the plumb line. We need to get get off the place where we're actually trying to corral people's thinking in a certain line for fear that they will go astray and let the scripture uh, do its work. Um, You see, what's happening is fundamentals are being destroyed. That when, when we portray everything as being a fundamental issue. Mm. That young people are, 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 are picking holes in the smaller issues. And what they're doing, though, is they're not stopping there. Then they're picking holes in the fundamental issues. Yeah. Let, let me give you just an example, uh, top of my head example. Right? Uh, the virgin birth is a fundamental. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Mm. Mary had never been with a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a miracle. Uh, the Holy Spirit had impregnated her, and she brought forth Jesus. It's very important to the gospel. It's a fundamental uh, doctrine. Fundamental doctrine of the gospel. Somebody yeah. rejects that, and they're really rejecting the truth of Scripture. They're rejecting something that's fundamental. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, moving from hymn books to PowerPoint is a preference. Yeah. And, and I realize not everybody wants to do that, and people have problems, people have issues with it. I understand uh, some of the issues. But what happens is 
we tend to take something like moving from hymn books uh, to PowerPoint and treat it as being on the same level as the virgin birth. And young people... People separate over it. Yeah. 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 People separate over it. And what happens is then young people look at it and they say, okay, well then, if that's not true, the virgin birth's not true. And um, you know what? They they tell me I can't sleep with people before I get married. Well, that's not true either. And I am watching young people Hmm. enter into wrong relationships because what they've done is they've rejected the basis of truth. Yeah. Reasonably, at times, part of it. But they've taken it then and they've imbibed relative thinking on, across the whole broad spectrum of truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we yeah. are struggling today greatly with that, right? Uh, you see, we can make no room for somebody disturbing the fundamentals. In other words, taking something that yeah. is fundamental to us. That, 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 we can't make room for that. Because that's, that's, that's an apostate. You yeah. know, somebody who takes the clear statements of Scripture and dismisses them or you know, takes the meaning out of them. We can't do that. Like no. the, the Bible, you know, Jesus said, your word, thy word is truth. And we can never back away from that. Yeah. But do you think, you know, sometimes when we represent things too intensely that aren't really biblical, that that, you know, perhaps contributes to young people reacting yeah. in that way? I would put it this way. When we make both equal, right, the fundamental and the preference. When we make mm. both equal, what we do is we build a house of cards. Yeah. Uh, and when you remove the non-essential, the whole house comes down. Yeah. And we'll probably talk more about that more, but a big problem that we have that's been going on for years now is we've taken preferences, non-essentials, traditions, and we've elevated them to the level of doctrine. Mm. We'll say, thus saith the Lord, when the Lord actually didn't say. And so... When people reject something that they don't see in Scripture, because quite frankly it's not there, even though we've been preaching it as if it is Scripture, then they just throw the entirety of truth out. And now you've got a bunch of young Christian relativists, yeah. well, ex-Christian relativists often. Yeah. Yeah. They, and that's not okay, but, but we've set that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we have set that up. And we need to be honest, and really honesty, the integrity of Scripture is, is at stake here. We need to be honest and let Scripture speak for itself. And, you know, it's not going to land everywhere we'd like it to land. I mean, yeah. the three of us are here. We, we have a close relationship. We don't agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah, we're, no. we're, we're not going to agree on everything. We're, we're not going to cross all our T's and dot all our I's uh, in exactly the same way. But that's fine. And Scripture speaks to situations like that. Yeah. You got Romans fourteen. You got that passage in Second Corinthians. That's going to happen. It's yeah. presupposed. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- th- there are going to be those differences, but we need to differentiate between those, and we need to know how to relate to each other, even when we don't agree. You see, <clears throat> uh, when we make both equal and build a house of cards, uh, we end up in trouble, and that's neither good theology nor is it good thinking. Mm. Uh, God will always take care of His own kingdom, but I fear for the future of a people who adopt passionate positions without either a biblical or a reasonable basis. Truth has nothing to hide. But a preference masked as truth has to shout loud and manipulate people Mm -hmm. to maintain control. When a person realizes it's not truth, just someone's preferences, they must be ostracized and silenced. The group must close ranks to avoid being contaminated by truth. I could be talking here about the Pharisees in Jesus' day. Yeah. Yeah. If you stepped outside their view of things, you were ostracized. You were put out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. It's always the way of controlling. We don't need to do that. Yeah. We have a plumb line. We bring it back to Scripture. You know, we may not always agree on it, but you know, the, the important things are very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Important things, the fundamental things are very clear. So, so let me say mm-hmm. this, right? Uh, and I suppose here's my burden uh, for this. We need a view of Scripture that is without personal prejudice. That's hard. All of us well, we have all personal have prejudices. Sure. And we bring them to the scripture as we look at them. Yeah. Uh, we need uh, a view of scripture that's without preconceived notions. Mm. I know to my detriment, I have come to the scripture again and again with a preconceived idea in my mind looking for what I already wanted yeah. it to say. Story of my life since I became a <laughs> pastor. <laughs> yeah. uh, we need uh, a pure sense that the Holy Spirit is allowed to speak his message to our lives. Mm-hmm. So we need to let the scripture speak. We need to say, 
Holy Spirit, you speak. You show me what I need to see from this. And I need to do the hard work of yeah. removing all the barriers that are in me mm-hmm. to letting truth actually touch me. Mm-hmm. And then as I carry out the sacred task of preaching, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm letting the Holy Spirit speak. Yeah. And I'm not actually there, you know, telling people what David O'Gorman wants them to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's hard. Because, you know, I don't always get it right. I, I, I've got prejudices. I've got notions. And I need to let the Holy Spirit speak. And, and that's my burden. My burden is that we actually do the work uh, of <clears throat> disentangling our preferences from Scripture and let Scripture speak yeah. and tell the Holy Spirit story. That's good, because mm-hmm. it's got to be done. Yeah, It really does. Because yeah. the integrity of Scripture, I feel, is being hurt, mm-hmm. has been being hurt. In fact, in the past, I was probably part of it mm. in some contexts. But that's yeah. good. That's very important. You know, as, as Baptists, a big thing that we talk about a lot of times is individual soul liberty. And I know that's not exclusive to Baptists, but it's just the idea that every believer has the responsibility and right to interpret the word of God for themselves. Mm-hmm. And just in, you're thinking about what you were saying, you know, I have a responsibility before God to humbly, like you're saying, listen to God's word and to actually genuinely make an effort to conform my thinking and my actions to the word of God. That, that's what I have yeah. to do. Now, the fact is different believers may differ slightly, particularly in less clear areas of Scripture, about what they do in action in response to those truths. But there's a vast difference between that and somebody who takes the Word of God and disregards it and dismisses it, especially, like you were saying, like the virgin birth, clear statements of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're saying, you know, that those things are up for grabs. Those things are so clear from the Word of God. But I think it's really damaging, and you guys tell me what you think, when you see believers seeing other believers who are actually trying to follow God, they're actually trying to interpret the Word of God for themselves, they're coming to a slightly different conclusion than them, and they actually treat them like they are apostates. They're denying the virgin birth. You know, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. That is is just wrong. We need to be done with that. We need to... Uh, Jesus fought hard against that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can be distinctive without being exclusive. Yeah. We can all do what God is leading us to do in response to Scripture without saying, this is the only way. Everyone who doesn't do it exactly the way I do is wrong. That we're actually, just, like you guys have said so passionately, we're destroying the integrity of Scripture. And I think we're not actually practicing individual soul liberty. We're yeah. not actually giving people the right. We say response. that we believe it. <laughs> But there's yeah. a difference between what we say we believe and then what our actions demonstrate yes. we really believe. And sometimes we don't even like to admit what we really believe because it's too ugly. Yeah. And it goes against our creed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I think we need to take a long, hard look at what we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're here for. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, Chris, you- um, I'd like to ask you, can you help us with what, it, what does it mean to interpret the Bible literally? Um, there's sometimes some debate, some confusion of what does that mean? Could you help us with that? Well, Bible aspect? interpretation is very important because I can't tell you how many times that you know I've been explaining the gospel to somebody, which is crystal clear in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, I'm talking to an unbeliever. And I'll quote scripture to them, and they'll say something, whether it's about you know the problem of sin or um, even the necessity to trust Christ as Savior. Uh, they'll say something like, well, that's your interpretation. Well, the minute somebody says that about scripture, the conversation's over, because mm-hmm. yeah. now what they've done is they have done away with the idea of absolute truth. So it's so important to talk about what is proper Bible interpretation. I mean... You know, um, I would believe in practicing a literal, historical, grammatical hermeneutic. Now, all that means is you're interpreting Scripture normally. 
it means what it says. Mm-hmm. There's no, um, you know, little orphan Annie's decoder pin that you need in order to figure out what Scripture is saying. You know, when God was giving us Scripture, his goal was to communicate his heart to us so we would see what his will is. He wasn't doing it to play games or to be cryptic. Um, so we would practice a literal, historical, grammatical interpretation of Scripture. And really, th- this is the simplest form of Bible interpretation. Yeah. Uh, you know, some would interpret it allegorically, which essentially says, you know, it doesn't mean what it says because it means something else. The minute you delve into that, I mean, it can mean yeah. whatever you want it to mean, <laughs> really. You know, so... One man um, said, it, when we leave a literal interpretation of Scripture... The scripture is putty in the hands of the interpreter. Yeah. You so it means it whatever, mean, you, whatever want you want it to And we can't go there. Yeah. You know, and so it'd be very clear right out of the gate that we are really approaching the scripture from a, um, interpreting it normally, literally, in its historical context, mm-hmm. understanding the grammar and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if, you, if it can mean whatever you want it to mean, it doesn't mean anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what an insult to God, too. If, if yeah. we believe that God loves us, God created us, and God wants to make himself known to us. And then we say, well, yeah, he wrote this, but he meant this, and he said this, but he really meant this, and so on. Mm-hmm. We have removed his ability to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Um, so, you know, when, when you tell somebody, hey, listen, you know, the Bible says that we're all sinners, and they look at you in the eye and they say, well, I don't believe that. I mean, an appropriate response would be, well, that is your prerogative to believe what you want to believe, but you've got to understand that is different than what God says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. is an absolute truth. You're just disagreeing yes. with it. So yeah. um, we, we interpret Scripture in light of its context. Otherwise, it loses its meaning. So that's another important point is contextualizing it. It has to be in its context. I'll give you an example. You know, if I were to just take my Bible and flip open to... Um, you know, uh, Jonah. And it says that um, Jonah found a boat and he went to Tarshish, you know, in Spain. And then I flip open my Bible to another place and it says, go and do likewise. And I I stood up and I preached that, that everybody needs to go find a boat and go to Spain. Now, probably very few people would complain, but that's not... I I might go with that. Yes, (laughs) especially with the weather we've been having, right? But um, that's not an honest handling of scripture it has to be in light of its context so i see jonah went to tarshish okay well he was running from god when we went to tarshish it's part of the narrative it's not saying that anybody else needs to okay so it's important to take it in light of its context there's this thing we'll probably talk about later proof texting where i have an opinion that i want to press upon people Mm -hmm. i'm preaching to and so i take a phrase or i'll take a verse and rip it out of its context and i will go and preach a whole message on my opinion, and I have mishandled the word of the living God to do so. And you know what? As noble as intentions people might have that, when they do that, they have to understand that that is gross sin, to take the word of the living God and to wrench it out of what it actually means, Mm -hmm. or to, to use even a translation of it that fits what I want. Um, without actually looking what it meant to the people then, okay? Because when, when God had it written, he had it written to the people then. And so I have to understand its historical context, its grammatical context. So we interpret it literally, but also historically. So, I mean, there's a lot of things and references that would seem odd to your average 21st century Christian anywhere. Yeah. So it's very helpful to um, have a little bit of an understanding of the historical or cultural backdrop, uh, the day in which it was written. Um, I might give an example of this that I used in my message this morning. You know, there's that passage in Deuteronomy 22, I think it's verses 8 through 12, uh, that talk about if you build a house and it has a flat roof, you have to build a fence around it. Okay. So that if somebody is up there, they won't fall off. Because if they fall off and you don't have a fence, you're culpable. It's your fault. Yeah. Okay, well, now how do I take that? Does that mean that when I go home today, and I would have no idea what I'm doing, so I'd probably make an absolute mess of it, but does that mean that I need to go home and put a fence around my flat roof in order to be right with God? Mm. Now, you know, that seems like an extreme example, and it is an extreme example, I'll grant that, but you have Bible teachers and preachers out there that do that very same thing. 
they will completely ignore the historical context. What I'm supposed to do, and I interpret the Bible, and uh, I actually learned this from a f professor in college, and um, I found it very, very helpful and, and liberating. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration is profitable for doctrine, and, and on it goes, right? Mm -hmm. So all scripture is profitable. So what do I do with that passage about building a fence around my flat roof? Do I just dismiss that? No, I can't dismiss it. It's scripture. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go back and get an understanding of the historical cultural context. Why did God give that revelation to those people? I extract the timeless principle. Yeah. I cross the bridge of time and culture. I come to me, living in Ireland, uh, in the 21st century, and I take that timeless principle and I say, okay, how can I apply that in my culture, in my time? Yeah. You know, so, you know, simple uh, application might be something, I just, this might seem silly too, but like when, you know, somebody's coming over to our house, I might um, have the kids, you know, run around and pick up toys and stuff. Uh, why? So that if somebody comes in my front door, they don't step on a skateboard and break their neck as they go flying <laughs> into the kitchen. Okay, so I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> or even worse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try to make sure that whenever somebody is in my care, they're on my property, that, that it's a safe place. And I think that that is a fair application of that principle. Yeah. Um, so those might be some comments that are helpful about hermeneutics. It's a big word. It's just Bible interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Yeah. I, ha I have one for you. I'm sorry, you were going to say something? I think it's so important, too, that we actually take the Scripture with its literal meaning, because we know that God meant what he, what he was saying. Absolutely, and I, yeah. And I think we need to take it into context, too. And there are certain things that were written for Israel hmm. that could only be applied in a theocratic nation. Yeah, yeah. And were never intended for uh, people in the 21st century to apply. And I think we need to differentiate that. We need to be yeah. uh, careful. But God said what he said. He meant it. Uh, the words have meaning. And... They are always helpful. And like you say, Chris, I like what you said there. There, there, there is a, a principle, you know, that you can actually take from it and you can apply. You can, you can actually apply it in your life today. I like mm -hmm. that. That's, that's helpful. Yeah, and there's some things that are, like, dead obvious. I mean, like, um, for instance, you take the Ten Commandments, right? I mean, honor your father and mother. Hmm. Well, God just gave you the timeless principle on a silver platter right there. Yeah. You yeah. know, or do no murder. Well, there it is again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... It's, it's just a matter of taking Scripture, what it says, normally, literally, in its historical context, and then really taking on the responsibility of applying it. You mm -hmm. can never neglect it. You have to apply it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's, it's key to just recognize that it is not a free-for-all, you know, that, that interpreting the Bible literally, just what came to mind when you were saying that, um, Two verses, one in Second Timothy, um, Paul said to Timothy, who was a Bible teacher, uh, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And mm -hmm. he's telling him, you need to interpret the word of God the right way. In other words, God, he means what he says, and he says what he means. Yeah. There's an intended yeah. meaning yeah. there that we're supposed to grasp and apply to our lives you know jesus when he was responding to the pharisees i think you were preaching in luke um recently in the last few months and they're asking him a question and jesus says you do err not knowing the power of god nor the scriptures in other words they had failed to draw the obvious and the right literal yes. conclusion from scripture so that there's an expected conclusion that God intends for us to draw. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about um, that as we got ready, you know, you think of John chapter 5 and verse 58, uh, John chapter 8 and verse 58 says, Jesus said to them, uh, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay? So if language has integrity, if words have meaning, and if I understand the Old Testament even a little bit, particularly Exodus 3, God revealing himself to Moses and to the nation of Israel as I am, okay? Jesus is saying he's the eternal God, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, there's no other conclusion that I can come to from that verse. 
it's not up for grabs. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean whatever. Because mm -hmm. there's a common philosophy that has bled into even um, the ordinary guy on the street called deconstructionism, where you know a work of literature can mean anything you want it to mean. It just yeah. means whatever it means to you. And people apply that mentality to the Bible. It doesn't work. No. The Bible is intended to be a clear revelation of God, and it's to tell us who God is, and we need to take that seriously. And, and I like that too, because what Jesus is doing there, he's appealing to the verb tense, mm. uh, which is a very small part of scripture, you know, but he's, he's appealing to that and saying, look, see what I said there? I meant it. Mm -hmm. And that shows you who I am today. So mm, yeah. we have to take that literal interpretation of scripture. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And just, um, I wanted to just give a few thoughts um, about what a literal hermeneutic, or hermeneutic just means a rule of interpretation or, or, or a, a method of interpretation. Big words here. It's big words, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than marmalade. <laughs> but, you know, what is a literal way of interpreting the Bible? Not. And, I, and you men have both covered some of this already. But first of all, um, it, it's not mindlessly looking um, up the meaning of a passage on Google. Okay? <laughs> now, I know that's kind of... <laughs> I've seen some doozies. <laughs> I literally, years ago, it, I was in Arklo, and I was having um, a conversation with one of the people in our church, and it was about healing, okay? He was from more of a charismatic background, and it was about healing. And so I was trying to show some scriptures where I was saying, look, I don't believe we can expect God always to heal it's very much in his prerogative he sometimes does he's you know he, he doesn't always but this guy was like no if you claim the blood of jesus he's definitely going to heal you <laughs> so um it was funny he sent me an article okay he sent me an article mm -hmm. so i said why don't we do a little bible study about this and you know it was going to be our, our normal midweek bible study and i said we'll sit down we'll talk about this and i'll try to bring out some scriptures that can help shed light on this so just for a laugh, I went to Google and I typed in the controversy we were having. And the first article that came up, I kid you not, was the article that you <laughs> sent me. But it just, it, it kind of proves the point that I think a lot of times believers in 2022 are not willing to read the word of God for themselves and discover what it means. They're more apt to kind of just look it up on Google or YouTube. Younger generations tend to look up YouTube more than Google. Um, but, and kind of, if we're not careful, to unquestioningly take what we find on the internet. Yes, and that, that's, that's a problem because it puts somebody between you and God. Yes. And nobody likes to have a mediator between them and God. We're not supposed mm -hmm. to. Yeah. But that's what they're doing when they look it up on Google or a preacher said it, so I just believe it without looking into it. Yeah. And the problem with the internet is you have no idea who put that article up. Yeah. Whether they believe in God, where they're at, you have absolutely no idea. Yeah. And or their personal know, life can be absolutely scandalous, yeah. but they have a voice because we have the internet. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's a very strange day as far as that. There, there are all kinds yeah. of teachers out there that really, if you knew them and knew their lives, you wouldn't listen to them. Yes. But because you don't. Uh, you, you, you just take it because it suits you. It's really yeah, true what happens. Yeah, it true. suits you. Very often. And it, yeah, medicine and poison stand side by side yeah. on the shelf of the inter yes. internet. And it's not that the internet's bad. Like, you know, we've all benefited from listening to preaching or reading an article. But we, my point is this. Don't stop thinking. Don't stop reading and understanding the Word of God for yourself. Because I think... You know, false teachers are more numerous than ever. They have more access to people through the internet. And, you know, their goal is just to, uh, you know, to get across their agenda. No. Never turn off your brain. No. Read the Word of God for yourself. And the Spirit of God dwells in somebody who's been born again. They, we can understand the Word of God. It doesn't mean we might not need some help and input from time to time. But we can understand the Word of God with the help of the Spirit of God. Yeah, because you mentioned the Bereans. The Bereans were n more noble because they went home, they listened to Paul, mm. who was the, and, you know, almost the gold standard, but they, they didn't think so. They listened to Paul, 
and they went home and they checked the scriptures to yeah. see if what he was saying was true. Yeah. And who goes home and checks out the Apostle Paul? I mean, he's the Apostle <laughs> Paul, right? I mean, shouldn't you just take anything he says? But, but here's what we got today. We got people that will just hear something and they'll take it. And it wasn't the Apostle Paul that said it. Yeah. It they was just somebody. Yeah, they don't know who said it. Look, I don't mm-hmm. want my people in, in my church, I don't want them just taking what I had to say. Mm-hmm. I tell them all the time, look in your, look in your Bible. Trust the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And I think for believers, for those that are leaders in churches, I think we need to recognize that, you know, Bible teachers are ordained by God. You know, you know, Ephesians four talks about um prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, that these are gifts given by God uh for the edifying of the, the believers. Uh, for the uh, for the work of the ministry, uh, for the building up of the body of Christ. I know I'm paraphrasing there. Um, but God has put teachers in the church, you know, to help believers. But it's to expand our understanding. It's not to replace it. Yes. See, that was what was happening in the church in the Middle Ages, in the Dark Ages, was that, you know, the, the, the scriptures were in Latin, so the ordinary person couldn't understand them. So they were completely dependent on the priest to tell them what God said. Mm-hmm. That should never be the case. No. We should read the word of God for ourselves. I think sometimes believers underestimate themselves because they don't recognize the spirit of God lives in me. I can understand the word of God. And uh, I think that we should both as Bible teachers, uh, we should teach in such a way that believers can see it for themselves from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And when a believer like the Brains is listening to teaching, they should be able to see, oh, that makes sense because I can see it in the Bible mm-hmm. myself. And, and really, as a, as a pastor, I mean, I get to preach to my people for, you know, maximum two hours yeah. in the week. Right? That's not enough teaching. They need to be feeding themselves right. at home. They need to be able to take the scripture and take it apart and understand it. And I do recognize that we talk, we talk about the internet and, and computers and so on. We have wonderful tools available to us now, mm-hmm. you know, for understanding languages and everything else so that somebody can really do in-depth study if they have a desire to. Yes. And all believers need to be students yeah. of the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Every believer needs to be a student mm-hmm. of the scripture. Don't ever be afraid of your Bible. No. Because we can, we can understand with God's help. And so, like, Bible teachers are a help to us, but we need to never check our brain at the door. I think, too, you know, um, literal interpretation of the Bible uh, for Bible teachers, you know, a Bible teacher has no right to teach opinions that are foreign to the text of scripture. No. And particularly, like you were saying, then to use some out-of-context scripture to kind of back that up. Yeah. That is so destructive, yeah. you know. Those 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 opinions do not belong in the pulpit ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually dishonest. Yes. That's called a spade a spade. Now, it's I very popular though. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can get so invested in our own opinion. Yeah. And you know, it's easy to do that. We can get invested in our own opinion so that we actually uh, take and put something forth as though it was scripture, it's almost sleight of hand. We shouldn't do that. If the scripture doesn't say it, you don't say it. If you have an opinion, if as a pastor I have an opinion, I need to say, well, look here, the, the scripture, this is not what the scriptures say, but this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Or if it's my opinion on what it means, but it's not strictly speaking of uh, what it's saying, I need to actually put a disclaimer on that. Mm-hmm. That's right. My yeah. thinking and the word of God are not on an equal footing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can never be portrayed as such. Yes. And yes. That, that, that is hard as a speaker. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that, that's why we're warned, be not many teachers, because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we all sin, uh, but those that speak a lot have great opportunity to actually get it wrong. And we need mm-hmm. to be very careful. It's a sacred duty to stand before people and open the Word of God. Yeah. And it needs to be that you let the Spirit of God and <clears throat> speak the Word of God to people's hearts, and you're the vessel mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that, that he's using to do it. But it needs to be that sacred a task in our mm-hmm. minds. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, if the postman came to your door and he just started giving you whatever message popped into his head. Mm-hmm. That's not his job. Yeah, He's just yeah. supposed to deliver the mail. Yeah. That's all he's meant to do. He's yeah. not supposed to make up the mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I think sometimes we fall into that. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. can be very subtle. 
Um, I think if someone realizes that they do that, they have to sit down. I remember doing this to myself, sitting down and asking myself the question, okay, now why exactly did I go there? Yeah. Why did I do that? I never should have done that. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, it was quite shattering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But probably the most, one of the most helpful things in my spiritual walk. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I have to be honest with you. I had an example of this recently in my own ministry in that I was speaking at a teen camp in, in August and I was talking about um, the discipline of reading your Bible and praying daily, if at all possible. And I think that's a good discipline to get into. But I pulled out an old sermon that I had preached years ago from Mark chapter 1 about Jesus. You know, he goes into the desert place on his own and he prays, you know. <laughs> I realized that when I had preached that message years ago, I had said, now this is what Jesus did, therefore... You must get up every morning and you must read your Bible and pray. And I had to say, you know, it says he prayed. It didn't even talk about reading the Bible. And it, it, obviously Jesus is showing us a pattern. Did he really need to read it, though? He kind of wrote it. That's a totally up. different discussion. <laughs> but but it's, it struck me. I had to, like, rework parts of the message to be honest with Scripture and to say, this is what God says. Now, I did say, I think it's a worthy discipline to have in your life to read. Because I said, look, God tells us to read his word, doesn't he? And everyone's like, yes. God tells us to pray. And Jesus modeled that, didn't he? Yes. So a lot of believers have found it's a very helpful discipline to get into to each morning make time for that. But I had to be honest and say, the Bible is not saying, if you don't do this, you're a sinner. Yeah. The Bible says, this is the example that Jesus set. Of prioritizing right, and, and, and like. part of what happens on it. This is coming out of you know I'm doing a study in uh, Colossians right now, preaching mm-hmm. through Colossians, and um, there were certain things that Judaizers were measuring their spirituality by. And what happens is when we lay something like that out during a message, without us even realizing it, maybe even without even meaning for the people mm-hmm. to do this, people start to measure their maturity, their walk with God by something like that that we throw out there mm-hmm. that mightn't be in the text exactly. And now we have just joined the ranks of the Judaizers without even recognizing it. Yeah. You know. And maybe, maybe you've both experienced this, but I, I know this, that when I preach, I'm preaching to a wide variety of people. And you have some sensitive souls who are going to take every word I say yeah. and they're going to feel bad. If they're not. And you have other people who kind of, you know, you need a bomb to shift them. (laughs) That's just reality. (laughs) And I think sometimes we're we're putting a bomb under this person and we're crushing Mm, this other person. Yeah, Yeah. throwing into an absolute tailspin for weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only answer to that is the integrity of the scripture and our integrity in actually interpreting the scripture and teaching it to them. We've got to let it speak, yeah. not our thoughts. Because yeah. then what happens is the Holy Spirit sees the guy that needs a bomb to shift him, and the Holy Spirit has ways of doing that, <laughs> okay, without me trying to do that from the pulpit. And the person that just needs a little bit of a gentle nudge, the Holy Spirit's able to do that, give him that gentle nudge. It's a yeah. matter of how much as a preacher do I trust the Holy Spirit to do yes. his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do I feel true. like I have to do his job for him? Yeah. And, and in, yeah. in all honesty, I honestly really think that the Holy Spirit does his work, you know, not just through what I'm doing, but sometimes totally apart from yeah. what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He's actually speaking to things that I have no idea need to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I really think the greatest work is done. Yeah, I mean, that's about there. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a different yeah. conversation. Well, listen, I think we could probably say so much more. <laughs> we could say so much more, but I think we'll save uh, some some of our thoughts for episode two. And I think you can see that the Unvarnished Truth podcast is basically it's a back to the Bible discussion, going back to what the Bible actually says, rather than trends or traditions or opinions. In various kinds of churches, because it's not just exclusive to the churches that we've been uh, a part of and been ministering into. Mm-hmm. Um, but those opinions, those traditions, those trends, they end up being unbiblical and often unhelpful. And so we're, this is a call back to what the Bible says and keeping it clear. Um, Can I just say something to somebody? Because um, 
You know, you do have this phenomenon, and I've seen it. I could name a dozen names off the top of my head. I'm not going to do that. But um, when you have young people, or even not so young people, who have rejected what really were traditions, preached from the pulpit, preached as doctrine. They saw it for what it was. They just threw the entire thing out. They run completely away from God. That's not the answer. Yes, no. The answer is not to run away from God. The answer is to say, what does the Scripture actually say? Okay? Everybody makes mistakes. Well-intentioned preachers even make mistakes. Okay? And um, it's important to not run away from God. God did not do any of that. Okay? You have to come back to the Scripture. The answer is not to run away from God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of the goal of this podcast would be to help people see they can do that. They yeah. can actually get into Scripture themselves and find the answers to those questions, that they don't have to be in that quagmire, you know, where somebody said something. They can actually take Scripture, and with the Holy Spirit enabling them, they can actually work yeah. their way through Scripture and disentangle junk, but not disentangle faith. Right. That's the job of the enemy. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants to disentangle somebody's, to, mm-hmm. to destroy somebody's faith. They can disentangle the, the almost the, the, the junk that's coming between them and God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have found myself in the past, you know, looking at verses and, and ending up reading into what the scripture mm-hmm. says, because I'm like, it has to mean this to support the system that I'm a part of and what... I have seen done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's actually freeing to step back and say, no, like you said, uh, uh, quoted Spurgeon, he said, you know, the Bible doesn't need to be defended. It's a lion. You just need to let it out of the cage. Yeah. And it's freeing to just step back and say, the Bible can just mean what the Bible means. Even if that makes me change my system yeah. and change the way I think, you know. Even if it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's well, what strange. happens is, as, as, a, as a pastor, you feel like you lose control a little bit because now here's what the Scripture says, and now you're trusting the Holy Spirit to apply it to them, and you're not allowed to say you have to do X, Y, and yeah. Z in these minutia areas. Yeah. Now, doctrine is doctrine, mm-hmm. okay? But there's little minutia areas, you know, um, even even the minutia of music and, and dress and all these kind of things, we've got to be very, very careful about elevating cultural applications yeah. to the level of thus saith the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. definitely. Okay. That's and probably we'll get, another session. So. We'll get more into that in, in the future. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for the Unvarnished Truth podcast. And uh, like I said, we will be back next month with another episode. I would encourage you to check out the LifeGate website, which is www.lifegate.org, and the Tullamore Bible Church um, website. Website. What? What is your URL? Oh, it's TullamoreBibleChurch.org. TullamoreBibleChurch.org. Okay, oh. and uh, you can check out Faith on Fire as well, FaithOnFireIreland.net. Um, but we will be back with you next month, uh, God willing, uh, with another episode as we continue to look at the unvarnished truth of God's word. So, thank you for joining us again.